Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to Smart Enough to Know Better, a podcast of science, comedy and ignorance. I'm Greg Wah. And I'm Dan Beeston. And in episode 155 of Smart Enough Know Better, I'm going to take a leak. And we are the three and a half percent. And I am going to answer the greatest of all Star Wars questions. Oh. But before we get there, why don't we talk to you, Gregoire, about your week in science? Well, my week in science is actually a listener's week in science. He asked a question, he got in contact and asked a question which I thought was interesting. It was about the International Space Station. Just tell so them to look it up on Google. Well, that's what they have me now. In? They, 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 they just want they, they they like my calming tone. Just look it up on Google. You lazy, lazy swine. Anyway, right, go on then. Don't, don't pick on our lovely listeners. So the question was about the International Space Station. So you know it's above our heads all the time, watching what we do. No, it's around the world, zooming around the world, and of course it'll have it has a shelf life. It won't. It's been up there for a long time, uh, decades, and but no shelves. No shelves work in zero gravity. Well, well doesn't work. Are, more, more like netting and, and cupboards. That's right. That's very true. You need a one day, one day, and that's just a sleep in. And one day it's going to, unless you keep putting money in and replacing it, it's, you're going to have to deorbit it. And so they'll they'll probably take it apart and then deorbit it into the atmosphere and let it burn up harmlessly over an ocean. But the question from Al Batson, one of our longtime listeners, was, well, if we could deorbit it safely, could we put it in the ocean and use it as a submarine? <laughs> and I'm reminded of when the Futurama ship went in the ocean. I said, ab- "What yes, atmospheres yes. can it survive?" Well, it's a spaceship, so it can survive zero to one. Exactly right. So you hit it on the head. That's the first thing I thought of as well. Was that was the uh, the going to Atlanta, the sunken city of Atlanta mm-hmm. in in Futurama, and they were in 150 atmospheres of pressure. But you know what is it? You know, zero and one says Farnsworth, and the same as the International Space Station. Inside the space station, they have one atmosphere of pressure. So to I bet humans- it isn't even that high. No, it is. It is. It's one atmosphere really? of pressure. Yes, you could, they could lower it, but the equipment on the International Space Station requires it to be about one atmosphere. It's been oh, built wow. that way. Because even airplanes aren't one atmosphere, are they? I don't know. Because one atmosphere is sea level. Yes, that's right. It's what we're experiencing right now. Yes, or you and I are experiencing right now, being yep. close to the sea. Not the same sea. Yeah. Not exactly. Sea. Not exactly one, because I'm like a metre and a half above sea level. Well, there you go. I know you're more special where Dan lives. Get, it's getting closer and closer. <laughs> oh, God. That's, uh... Thank you, governments of the world and the people who voted for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep burning your coal, everyone. The question, of course, in my mind was, well, that's the pressure on the inside is one standard pressure. Just so you know what that means, one standard pressure is about one kilogram per square centimetre pushing on you at all times. And that no freaked me out. I'm tired all the time. Well, yeah. And it freaked me out when I did some conversions and that the average human body is uh, about 1.7 square meters, roughly. That's, you know, you're probably yeah. more, you're probably closer to 1.9 because you're tall. But it's, let's say, 1.7 on average. But that aren't means, you fat? Oh, no. I mean, potato shaped? I don't think I am. He's not fat least. at all, isn't he? He's been I running. Think, I don't think. <laughs> I'm sad now. 
Anyway, the uh, <laughs> 1.7, that means 1.7 square meters of skin on your body, which can be turned into a very fetching hoodie. Basically, wow, that means, okay. That means, all right, that means all right. you, no, you know what? I'm so sorry about the comment I just made. <laughs> I was totally out of line. That was on me. That was, to- I 100% retract. Excellent. That means if you're 1.7 square meters, that's 17,000 kilograms on your body right now, pushing on every from every direction. Wow. That's 17,000 bags of sugar on your body right now. The pressure is pushing out, and I was wondering if you had the pressure pushing in, would that crush the space station? And the answer is no. They're basically cylinders. So the pressure, the, the instructional integrity will work if it's one pressure pushing in or one pressure pushing out if it's built quite well. Ah. So you so you could lower it into the ocean, and that would be fine. But you wouldn't. It would depend on how far you wanted to lower it into the ocean. If you lowered it to about ten meters, ten meters down is about the same. It's the hydrostatic pressure is about one standard atmosphere. So you'd be no. Yep. So ten meters. Ten under- meters is uh, is only one. I think. Yes. It, I think it'd go up real quick. Well, ten meters—that's pretty. That's pretty quick. Yes, I don't that's know because you dive to the bottom of a swimming pool and you get down like three meters, and then your ears start to yeah. hurt. And yes, yeah, but you, but that's yeah. If you think about it, if you climb a ladder that's or if you go three stories up in a house, that's ten meters above the ground, roughly. That you're not suddenly another extra atmosphere of pressure on you. Yeah, but like water is so dense. Water is dense. So that's what I'm trying to say. Dense the ten the ten meters is actually quite quickly the pressure increases. So the space station could be lowered. If it was sitting horizontally, it could be lowered to about ten meters down and it wouldn't crush. If you started lowering it any further down, it would crush very quickly. Ooh. If you put it on its end, it's a hundred meters long, Ooh. then t- so the, the near the surface you'd be fine, ten meters down you'd be fine. Within twenty meters it'd just crush. So basically, Al, to answer your question, you could put the space station in, but you'd want to be only 10 meters down, lying horizontally, and then you'd have to worry about that horrible discipline of science called chemistry, because all that salt water would probably eat away all the joins and everything very quickly, and the whole thing would fall apart quite quite quickly. Also, going to the toilet wouldn't be good because it relies on being able to suck it out. It would just sort of gather in the hose. The International Space Station doesn't it, it's not like the apollo and gemini with, where they just fired out the Wii and, and you can see it sparkling in the sunlight oh. they, they actually store it and then they bring it back to earth or they let it burn up in, in re-entry oh wow they don't just pump it into space and that's because you don't want a couple of gra- hundreds of grams of frozen feces which is like a rock hurtling through space at thousands of kilometers an hour because ah. if you're a It'd be bad to die in space, but to be hit in the face by a turd and then killed is probably the most ignominious way to go. So space nuggets. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so and and it's, yeah. So don't do that. There you go, Al. That's answered your question. I hope that helped. Could you get it to not burn up if you like put the brakes on so that like not like deal with it really quickly so it wasn't there was no horizontal <laughs> movement in comparison to Earth? Then it wouldn't burn up. When it hit it would still accelerate. It's still accelerating at nine point eight meters a second per second downwards. Oh, so could you? So you'd have to break a fair yes. bit, yeah, or have some sort That's of a lot of energy to put into it. That's right, and or an ablative shield, something that burns away, and it's got to decelerate mm-hmm. hard. Would so a shield could... made out of frozen poop work? <laughs> sure, it's pretty ablative. I must have all these chimpanzees saying it's our time to shine. We and weaponized it first. <laughs> And by shine, I mean turn to plasma. <laughs> it's our time to shine this turd. 
Do you have a Do you have a week in science? I do. Ooh. Now in Australia, which is where we are, we've got this thing called cordial. It's quite common in the UK as well. Uh, you pour a little tiny bit into the bottom of a glass. You put in five times as much water, and you've got a refreshing, sweet drink for children. Turns out Americans don't really drink cordials like I've described here. The closest they have is Kool-Aid, which is a powder. And it has a bad connotation, like, like oh, they're drinking the Kool-Aid, which means that you're, you're, you're sucked in by their madness. Yeah, you're, you've become part of the cult, and you've uh, yeah. 100%, even though it's actually poisonous and you're going mm. to die. Mm, Which, mm. oh man, can you imagine the marketing team at the Kool-Aid company just mm. going, oh man, is this going to be a problem? <laughs> that is Jim this... Jones just really ruined has our it... chance yeah, to sell the is... Gordy. Pro... Nah, this will blow over. This will yeah. blow over. 30 years later, we're like, oh, he drank the Kool-Aid. People at the Kool-Aid company will be like, oh, mother f- we do well, not wonder- use that. Can you imagine using that phrase at the Kool-Aid company? There we go. <laughs> oh, sounds like he drank the Kool-Aid. Uh, sorry, Ken? HR wants a word. <laughs> in fact, they want to take you to uh, South America, I think it was. Oh, I can't remember. Probably not South America. Anyway, yes, and thank you, Johnny Cole. Maybe the disconnection there has now been enough decades have passed, and Jim Jones, Jim Jones, yeah, that, that whole thing, yes, there is drink the Kool-Aid, but Kool-Aid itself is no longer connected to the horrible mass murder that happened using Kool-Aid. But, you know what I mean? Like Maybe, maybe it's just like, it's Kool-Aid the, oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? Because they're not really trying to distance themselves from the whole, we should all do the thing in the cult. Yep, it's all good. Because <laughs> their motto is literally, oh, yeah. Like, they, that guy who smashes through the wall, he I don't think he's making good decisions before he agrees. <laughs> he's just like, yep, I'm on board. Whatever you ask, boss, whatever you ask, guru master, I'm, I'm going to have sex with you even though you're underage. Oh, yeah. Wow, this escalated quickly. Okay, good. We're talking about cordials. I know so, that in, the, in, in Britain, though, in, in, like, I was reading, a, I was reading um, novels, like historical novels, and, and people in the past used the word cordial to mean something else as well, like other sorts of drinks. Ah, right. So cordials were, once again, would you like a cordial? And it was it was another sort of drink again, which I don't know exactly what it was. I assume I, alcoholic. I'm, yes, I'm sure. Alcoholic. I'm sh- no, yes. in fact, I'm sure it was just cocaine mixed with berries <laughs> or something. And now I'm thinking about it in the term that it was a restorative cordial, which absolutely yeah, yeah that was right. definitely cocaine. <laughs> so, so, so hang on, your week in science was that you gave cocaine and sugary drinks to children. I got a SodaStream device. Oh, are we being sponsored by Kool-Aid or SodaStream? You keep asking me that stuff. No sponsor wants us to discuss their product in earnest. <laughs> Do you think that the Kool-Aid oh, yeah. people would have been like, oh, well, we're going to give you some money, but here's what we want you to talk about. Really dig into the Jim Jones stuff. Really, <laughs> like, that's how we're going to sell. That's how we're going to get this into people's... You say that. I listen to some podcasts, and a lot of the 99.9% of them are boring and horrible, and their ads are terrible, and I will never buy the products that they push forward because they bore me. But sometimes it's into podcasts... Would you like a website? Oh. Looks like a dog's breakfast? Come to Wix. <laughs> oh, you know, you spend most of your time sleeping. Stop sleeping like an idiot and sleep on the right mattress. It pops out of a box because you're three. Anyway, I'm not buying any of your products. Go to hell. The point of this, though, is that sometimes I listen to a podcast and they're really fun. Like they, 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 and they're, they're really fun. They kind of go. buy a good razor and use it a couple of times. Just buy our shit and we'll throw yeah. it in the bin. Throw yeah. it in a big pile of f***ing razors. <laughs> 
Use it once and then cast it aside. This is the year 2019. We have all the resources we could ever want. Are you a man-child desperate to regain your lost youth? We'll send you a bucket of shit, plastic crap that you won't keep. Want to give your philandering mother an absolute f***ing heart attack? 23andMe, we'll bring us your DNA and we'll find out that your mother's husband is not your father. So I got a soda stream device. Good. And I have been drinking sparkling water like a maniac. Oh, lovely. Have you heard of White Claw? I have not. White Claw. Sorry, sorry to kick in. White Claw. I just found out about this. It's supposedly a thing in America that hasn't reached Australia. So sorry to the Americans who know about this. White Claw is the final idea of you want a light beer, but you, you want to be cool. So it's just sparkling water with basically beer that's not beer. So it's, it's not it's not a spirit. It's it's sugar. It's fermented sugar alcohol, basically. Oh, so, so it's just, it's, it's just a, a, a dash of ethanol in my sparkling yes, water. Yes. And, and this is like the, that was the big thing they've been drinking over the, and you're like, what is wrong with you, America? Anyway, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Like anything that adds alcohol to sparkling water sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm 100% on board. <laughs> Please, go on. You've been drinking a lot of sparkling water sans alcohol. I'm so sorry. I grabbed a bunch of different flavours, put on a kilo of weight, and then took a look at the sugar content of the flavourings. Mm-hmm. They had quite a bit of sugar in them. Mm-hmm. The lemon, lime, and bitters and the ginger beer cordials, very high in sugar. The kombucha cordial did not have much sugar and it tasted like it. <laughs> I actually like it a lot, but it's like $9 a bottle. Like, it's nuts. Ooh, ouch. Yeah. So I've been making my own cordials. Uh, my grandma had a recipe for something called lemon syrup. Uh-oh. You will be surprised to discover that there are no lemons in the <laughs> recipe. <laughs> it's a very easy recipe. You take three cups of sugar... <laughs> Three, three cups of sugar, three cups of water, a teaspoon of lemon essence, and a teaspoon of citric acid. It makes cordial that's sweet, but also tart and refreshing. But so much sugar. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oof. Okay, I wanted to explore other options. I wanted something tart and strong without it being sickly sweet. Now, I quite like ginger beer and ginger ale, but again, too much sugar. I found a recipe for ginger beer syrup. Pulp the ginger and a lemon with the rind on. I added a chilli pepper for a bit of spice. Mm-hmm. Put all the juice and all the pulp into a pot with a cup of water and a cup of sugar and boil it down. Strain it and the liquid is a super strong cordial that I can mix with sparkling water and it tastes strong. Mm-hmm. I've been adding less and less sugar to get a nice balance because it turns out I mostly just love sipping liquid. Uh, <laughs> what it tastes like doesn't matter too much as long as it's not so easy to drink, but I just gulp it down and drink another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hence the chilli pepper. Very hard to scull chilli peppers. <laughs> I see. Okay. Okay. Uh, This got me thinking, what is important in the sugar that makes it so important to syrups? Mm -hmm. So maple syrup, proper syrup, is made from tree sap, just like sugarcane. The sap in maple trees is filled with sucrose. You drain it from the tree, you get a light, runny liquid, like really light. Mm -hmm. The maple sap drips into an evaporator and picks up microbes and yeast. These microbes break the sucrose into fructose and glucose using the powers of inversion. These sugars are easier to to digest for the bacteria than sucrose. But then over the season, the microbes increase and the the conversion of sucrose to glucose and fructose increases, meaning the syrups at the beginning of the season are higher in sucrose and in the end, more glucose and fructose. Two different types of syrup result. Mm -hmm. Also, the trees 
metabolism alters as they get closer to the summer, so more amino acids are present. So you end up with this whole range of different tasting sugars from different plants and even different times of the year for these different plants. Uh, there's light ones, there's dark ones, there's uh, light amber, there's robust, there's grade A. There's all these stupid names for them. Right. Okay, now it starts as mostly water. You heat the water, killing the microbes, and evaporate all the moisture, eventually getting 67% sugar content. Nice. Excellent. The heat creates one of our favourite reactions, the Maillard effect. Ooh, that makes it taste like a duck. <laughs> no. That's... Oh, okay. Sorry. This effect... Oh, a solid gag. Thank you. Solid gag. Thank you. This effect is more intense on <laughs> glucose and fructose. So late-season syrups tend to be darker and more flavoursome. But if there are too many microbes, this can make the flavour weird. Or some trees might be healing damage or fighting off insects, and this adds flavonoids into the sap. Flavonoids! There's a whole bunch of subtlety going on here. Like like all organic processes. Mm, it's all terrible. Terrible things. Uh, there's only one organic <laughs> processor that isn't, isn't subtle. Ladies. I mean, Michael. Um, <laughs> uh, but now I'm wondering if I can, instead of putting sugar into my syrup, maybe I can put dextrose in and get a more appealing ginger beer cordial. Ooh. I shall keep you all updated. Ooh. There's some science going on. It is chemistry, but it's still science. Oh, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> I once had a general anaesthetic. Total mm -hmm. blackout, wake up later, my face had been invaded. <clears throat> right. I've been lying down for six hours, and then I had to get up and go to the operation. Yes. And I hadn't gone to the toilet, but as soon as I moved, my body's like, ah, oh, now's our opportunity to leak. Right. <laughs> so I was allowed to go to a bathroom, have a pee before I got on the operating table. Mm. And I was like, well, what would have happened if I'd gone under with a full bladder? Mm. Like, what controls that? I would have just dumped everything out on the floor, right? Yeah. Just made I an absolute so. soggy mess. And this must yeah. happen all the time. This, I've been thinking about this actually, not with operations, but going home when I, I ride home from work on a on a push bike I, I push bike my way home like not I don't push it I just ride it a bicycle I, I ride a bicycle is what I'm trying to say I'm, I'm not 12 and get on I, the treadley I, I, get on the BMX had, do a couple of flips a, a few ollies or something oh you're, you're embarrassing yourself oh damn it oh, oh that's, that's so old and I know pop a mono pop, pop a mono. mono that's it there you go oh, thank goodness I'm cool again I always go to the toilet before I ride home because I do think about it. if I have an accident and I'm lying on the road, I don't want to be dying on the road in a pool of my own pee. Yeah. This, this is something that I think about. This is something that yeah. has actually made me, made me wonder if I, I want to at least have some level of dignity as I'm squiddled under a bus or an angry driver hits me with a bat because I dare share the road with them or, you know, they, you know, whatever stupid reason they kill me for, which, you know, they will. By the way, I ride on bike tracks and they still, people still try and kill you. Yeah. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Okay, the first thing you have to understand is that holding our urine in, that's the default state. Mm. Our bladder is like a floppy balloon. The I urine comes from the kidneys. No, no, it's true. Oh, it's I've been a... working my bladder for years. Like, what's it called? Um, Kegel exercises. That is what, below the bladder. <laughs> Damn it. What, yeah. have I been, what have I been pulsating all these years? That's so weird. Look, no one knows with you. <laughs> 
I'm just a series of bladders. That's all I am. Okay, the urine comes from the kidneys and slowly fills the balloon up. It can hold half a litre of urine for up to five hours. Mm. Now, at around the 300 milliliter mark, for our US listeners, that's around the volume of a liquefied Smurf, the muscle in the wall of the bladder registers that it's starting to stretch out. This muscle is called the detrusor muscle. It sends a signal up to the brain, and then the brain shoots another one down to relieve the first of two sphincters that hold the urine in. Mm. The internal sphincter is an involuntary muscle, like the heart. It opens and closes based on this bladder wall signal. Mm. That's horrifying and awful, and I'm not happy about that at all. I, I like all my muscles no, under my direct control. No, I, I, no I, I, I wish more of my muscles were automatic. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out, breathe in. Oh, God, this is so distracting. So bad for your sleep. Okay, there's a second sphincter, an external sphincter, and that's a voluntary muscle. This is the one that allows you to be in charge of the time of release. Mm, now, mm. the bladder itself can then squeeze the urine out until it's empty. When you're anaesthetized, this turns off your nerve sensation. That's the point of the anaesthetic. Mm. <laughs> one of the nerves it turns off is the bladder wall signal, so the brain never hears that the bladder is filling up, and so it doesn't send a signal to open the first sphincter. The, oh. the bladder keeps filling and nothing's going to spill out. Huh. It, it will not open that thing. Turns out when you wake up from surgery, the nerves are still kind of numb and the internal sphincter won't open. This creates a condition called bladder retention. You can try to pee, but nothing will come out. In serious situations, you may need a catheter. Mm. I thought a catheter was a big needle that they jabbed into your bladder, but it's not. it goes up your pee hole. Yeah, yes, it does. Yes, like, exactly. That sounds, unha- that sounds not cool. It sounds like it'd be, they'd be chafing, yes. Yeah, or yeah, just stretching. Chafing, yes. Yes, good. Yeah. It sounds horrible. Huh? What? It sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. Yeah, when you put, like, stuff up your penis for sexual pleasure, it's called sounding. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, some of our listeners thought that was great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> But, they, but they're not going to admit that they think it's great because no. then they would be admitting that they knew what it was. I honestly had no idea. That I really sure had... you didn't. <laughs> all right. If your urine backs up too much or too often, all sorts of problems can arise. If urine stays in there too long, it can cause an infection. It can also damage the muscle in your bladder and that involuntary muscle can close up too fast, leaving you with a half-filled bladder every time. So you'd go to the bathroom and then you'd leave and you'd be like, I have to go to the bathroom again. And you Uh, can't get it out. Now, the male urethra has some extra plumbing because there's the love juice pipe as well as the pee hose. You do not want to get ejaculate up in the bladder. So when the penis is erect, the involuntary sphincter closes. This is why it's mostly impossible to go to the toilet when erect. Right. You can push, but the internal sphincter is doing its thing. Yes. You don't want to pee into your partner. Unless you do. You know, that's, I'm not kink shaming. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure there's heaps of videos that will be in the show notes. <laughs> no! To some no. women. No! Okay. But yes, oh. so during sex, no pee comes out. Now, to some women listening, this sounds like heaven. Because they can and do pee during orgasm. Nice. Now, the external sphincter on a woman is even more complex. Why? Who the f*** knows God hates women? 
Women are three times as likely as men to have incontinence. There is so much that can go wrong down there and does, especially when something the size of Azrael comes out and opening the size of Baby Smurf. (laughs) If you're aware of the news and the global situation going on... I try not to be. (laughs) Sometimes you do just want to look away. Sometimes people feel that maybe... Nothing can get done, nothing can change, that it'll always be the way it is, and that we're, we're kind of stuck being controlled by mad people. I smell blood and an era of prominent madmen. And this makes people very nervous and sad and wondering what they can actually do. So there's been studies done on whether or not protests help. So you might see them on the news and you'll hear about people uh, marching and you'll hear about people gluing themselves to things. That's that's a new thing. Gluing uh, them. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. The extinction. They used to chain them and they just get bolt cutters. Yes. Yes. So now people are using glue to glue themselves to roads and to cars because you, if you tear a human being off something that's glued, you'll take their skin away. And we don't live in a society yet in the Western world where you're allowed to skin someone to stop them protesting. Yeah, stop the protest pretty quickly, though. Well, I think you... they protest very loudly if you did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you see people saying, oh, it's a waste of time and they're just in the way and it does nothing anyway. Bunch of fucking hippies. Hippies. They didn't have what a I... job to go anyway. Go, yeah. go to anyway. Yeah. Or my, what happens if my kids needed to go to a doctor and you were having a protest and I couldn't get to the doctor and you're like, you got to okay. break some eggs. And, but also my response hey, to hey, that you know is, what, you know what my response to that is? What? Your kid's not so special. Oh, there'll be more. There'll be more coming along. There'll yeah. be more coming along. Yeah. That's fine. But also my response to that is, oh, that's really interesting because, you know, that football game that they have in the, and at the stadium, and then when everyone comes out of the stadium, they block off all the roads and everyone gets back to their car or buses and they all walk back through the city and they close the city off. What happens if I needed a bloody truck, take a truck, an ambulance to get through and I die? No one cares about that. I'm not against people having sports, by the way. I just think it's a dumb argument to say, oh, you blocked off the roads. Everyone, we block off the roads for all sorts of stupid reasons, like for fireworks and for for uh, uh, military parades. What happens if the grand leader wanted to have a military parade? What happens if I needed an ambulance to get through? Oh, we should, you know, we live in a society. We we all yeah. wait. We all we live in a society. Okay. The point of this is, does protesting work? And the answer is yes. It seems wow. protesting is it's one of the only ways of actually changing things beyond, of course, elections. You know, that's that's probably the best way, but that's all going wrong. So from data what, what taken, about what? I'm surprised because what about what about? Hear mm-hmm. me out. Mm-hmm. What if you started up an underground fight club mm. and started handing out homework assignments, mm. and then mm. that escalated into a uh, a, a more mayhemish style mm. of thing, and then you started to like like destroy the credit unions? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Interesting. Well, let me let me answer that with actually the very thing I'm going to mention next. I'm glad you brought this up. So there's data from 1900 to 2006. Mm-hmm. So looking at looking at all the social changes, civil resistance. That includes 1999. Brilliant. Yes, that's good. All the social movements from that period of time, all the changes, regime changes, and all the rest. They looked at the efficacy of the difference between violent and non-violent protests. So Operation or Project Mayhem would be violent protest compared to nonviolent protest gluing yourself to the road for climate change. Yeah. So they looked at 323 campaigns and of the ones that were successful, violent campaigns were successful about 26% of the time. Yeah. Non- 
Non-violent was successful 53% of the time. 53%? When they were successful. Wow. So, so it's actually, if you want to make change, you are more likely to succeed if you have non-violent protests. And there's lots of ex- reasons why that might hmm. be. They don't exactly know, of course, but they think that if you start violently protesting, you're going to hurt people, violence, and that will lead to people being angry that you beat up their son, wife, husband, kid, and then they will hate what you do now because you hurt you hurt their tribe hmm. and, and they now have to hurt your tribe. If you non-violently protest, they're annoyed at you, they're just going to be annoyed. Like There's, there's a difference. They don't arc up. Yeah, yeah and, and they're not going to murder you for having a different view. So I thought it was interesting. So non-violent seems to be better than violent. Violent. But, you know, if you really want to blow up the credit unions, that's that's up to you. I'm not stopping you. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. <clears throat> so you, you met me at a very strange time in my life. <laughs> the question, of course, is now connected to that is how many people need to be involved in a movement before actual change happens? So how like what percentage would you think it is, Dan? Of the population? Of the population, one so in fifty percent, like sixty percent, seventy percent. No, it'll be lower than that. How do you get all those people out there? Well, mm. what I do know is that they there was a great, the biggest one that I ever heard of in Brisbane was that that one uh, when the Iraq War was coming along, and everyone's like, we don't want to be involved, and there was like a million of Brisbane. No, there was two hundred thousand of Brisbane's two million people, so one in wow. ten. Wow, went there and say no thanks, and the government went, eh, yeah, we're gonna do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, thanks for your protest, but we don't really care. Mr. Bush guess, said, "Yes, yes, we have to follow what they say because, by the way, they're weapons of mass destruction." Let's not go there. Let's not go there. The numbers. Well, they seem- did have weapons of mass destru- destruction hidden, quite obviously, by the fact that we never found them. Like if they were on display, there. we would have spotted them right away. But they must have been hidden. We're not. We're not going there. We're not going there. Let's no. Let's not. Let's not do this. <laughs> the percentage seems to be: if you want to have a successful non-violent protest, three and a half percent of the population has to be actively participating in the protest to ensure serious political change. God, that's Only easy. Three and a half percent. It's actually harder than you think. It's big populations. That's three and a half percent. It's still hard, but it's much lower than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be twenty percent or something like yeah. that. Yeah, because enough people. So many people. Three and a half percent are actively in the streets. Let's say of your country, saying we don't like X, Y, and Z. There's a lot more people, more than three or four times, who are at home saying, "I'm not going to protest because a, I have things like children or elderly I've people. My, I've got to take my kid to soccer practice. And yes, oh yeah. no, they've blocked off the Right. <laughs> and but the people who actually do believe you and what's more interesting is people who don't agree with you won't get in the way of the change even though they'll gripe about it so three and a half percent people so when you say and which i used to say as well by the way i've, I've been guilty of this when, pe- when people say oh same-sex marriage should be accepted in australia and people protested and my response was always why 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 are you bothering like why are, you, yeah. why are you literally getting up in the morning and going out and waving a placard? It makes no difference. And I really thought that. Now the pro, now it seems to be actually I was wrong. If you can get three and a half percent of the population to actively protest, is a damn good chance that that will change. And in Australia, we showed that that now people are same sex and get married, and it's just a marriage; it's not a thing anymore. Uh, so yeah, there you go, three and a half percent, everyone. So when you think to yourself, what difference can I make? You may tick it over. Non-violently from three point four percent to three point five percent. Just say, 
Just saying. Am I asking for the violent dissolution of the state? Well, not violent, no. no. Not at all. <laughs> the Astronomical Union's really bad. Name the Earth's son, Chad. The Astronomy Union's <laughs> really bad. Name the Earth's... Three and a half percent. I think we can make it. I think we can do that. We can do that. We can do it. No problem at all. The new Star Wars film is out soon, and there are plenty of questions that need answering. Mm. Who are Ray's parents? Is mm. Luke really dead? Will the First Order create the first galactic kamikaze fleet now that they realise that their vehicles will go faster than light while their laser beams travel slower than sound? <laughs> but the big question that we've waited 20 years to have answered. What's the best way to kill Jar Jar Binks? Sasquatch or Bigfoot, who is who? It's all going down at the CryptoZoo. Machete, and we're done! Jar Jar Binks is the second most hated Star Wars character, beaten out only by, uh, what does it say here? Every female character ever. <laughs> Thank you, internet. <laughs> Okay, great. What do you know about Jar Jar Binks? Um, uh, he comes from a planet called Naboo, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But he's he's one of the. There are two races that live on Naboo. There's the humans. I don't know what they're called, but the humans. They're just people. They don't even have wacky things on their head. They're just humans. Yeah, they're and just humans. Gungans, I think. And he's a Gungan. He's a Gungan, and there's like they run. They're ruled by a big toad. Gungan, Gungan guy. There are and... two races of Gungan. Oh, they're, they're separate races of Gungan. Yep. Oh, the Otola Gungan, right, and some other Gungan. So, so, and it's in here somewhere. And, and they're vaguely aquatic. I don't know if he can breathe underwater, but he can swim a lot. Like he's got swimmy ears and swimmy feet, and he's a big. He can leap out of the water, and he's got a big tongue. Great big tongue. And he can speak multiple languages, but everyone mocks him because his accent in English is bad, which is really bad. He can speak multiple. He has multiple language skills. Yeah, I don't have. That. He's a polyglot. Yes, he's a polyglot. But and, and so when he's when his when his grammar is, a I bit mean, they all up, sound racist. They all sound well, like racist stereotypes, but in many different languages. Yes, well, that, especially in that movie. That yeah, there was a lot of oh, mm, questionable. Anyway, uh, uh, that's and that's all I know. And supposedly he's he's a Darth Sith or something. He's a he's Sith. Like, okay, he's, that's. That's from a very specific fan right. theory, oh, which okay, is right. very compelling. I go, if you, <laughs> I'll put that in the show notes because that thing is just Darth magic. Darth. I love that. <laughs> like that—that's right up with Rory from Doctor Who, secretly being a being the master, having gone through a chameleon arch. Oh, right. oh I love that. Can you just imagine Rory get realizing he's the master and killing Amy? That should have happened. Oh. Oh, that would have been incredible. Okay, so Jar Jar is an Atolla Gungan. He's an amphibian. He is, okay, good. Great big tongue, two metres tall, only 75 kilos. That's real light and skinny. Mm. I was wondering if maybe I could just punch him to death. <laughs> or, and you had a machete. Like, yeah, just, you're just thinking machete. skinny frame, yeah, straight just, through. Just hack him. He's got a skinny neck. You can just, like, hack him down, yeah, no problem yeah. at all. He can jump real high. Yeah. So those leg muscles must be pretty strong. Yeah, or he's or he's hollow, or like he's like a bird, and he's just hollow, hollow bones. So he's probably like ten or twenty percent lighter than you'd expect. Mm. You'd shoot him, but despite maybe he... maybe he's like Kiff from Futurama, who is made of a series of bladders. A series of bladders. Like, so he's no bones. He's just actually little little balloons. So he's actually quite light indeed. You just have to look at him walk to realize that that guy is full of bones. <laughs> like he he looks like. 
He looks like someone chasing a deck chair down a street. <laughs> okay, got it. Okay, now, despite his high jumps, Gungans can only really run at about the same speed as a human. Mm. So you could chase after him with your gun, mm-hmm. which try to shoot him, but it's a big risk. If he evades you, you don't get another chance. Also, if he's... And I think he can jump really high, he might turn and kick my face off. There you go, like a roux. Yeah, yeah, he could like he could just turn, or he could just stop, spin, and I'm still running, and he just kicks out with his massive jumpy legs, yep. and he would just break my neck, or he'd push my, my nose right into my brain. Like, yep. he would kill me, no problem. Just like all. in The Last Boy Scout. Yes, where Jar Jar Binks, Binks killed Bruce Willis. Put Bruce Willis' nose bone movie. up into his... Yeah, that's like, is that where the Jar Jar Binks first came from? Interesting. I yeah, yeah, it was a, oh, okay. apparently, yeah, it's... Oh, wow. Yeah, apparently the, the Last Boy Scout yeah, is... is in the, in, in the Star, the Star Wars, Wars universe, universe huh. canon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Interesting. Interesting. It's you heard it here first. It's such a rude film. Like it's it's <laughs> oh god. Okay. So he's an amphibian with mm-hmm. a great big tongue. Mm. He's a big frog. Gungan mm. is actually what they call a genus of frogs in North Queensland. Oh. There you go. So I realised that I know almost nothing about amphibians. Cold-blooded, I think, live in freshwater. I don't think any live in the sea. They start as tadpoles. I don't know whether this is true for all amphibians. And I'm assuming they can't breathe underwater. Maybe we can drown him. (laughs) Well, frogs need to keep their skin moist, amphibians but they're kind of like one of those steps between coming out of the ocean. So they still need to go back to the water to breed, but they still breathe air. I don't think they're taking oxygen from the water. So they, they have need to keep it. Or they, they can, well, that's turtles, breathing with their bums. That's turtles. Sorry, different thing. Turns that's out, right. yes. amphibians have gills, but only what? when they are larval. Oh, fair so enough. So tadpoles pass water across their gills and take the oxygen from the water. Adult frogs have lungs and breathe air. Mm. But they have a secondary respiratory system. Cutaneous respiration or breathing through their skin. During cold weather, many frogs rely on oxygen-rich water to to survive. The lungless salamander breathes entirely through its skin. Huh, interesting. So, holding Jar Jar under until the bubbles stop may be an exercise in futility. I've got an idea then. What I would do, I would say, Jar Jar, I'm going to remake a James Bond classic, Goldfinger, and I want you to play the beautiful woman who James Bond seduces. And then he, he's like, Misa, want to be in the movies? And then he comes and joins in. Oh, and I geez, pay- no, don't, don't, no, man. Well, was, that, was, that, was that wrong? That sounded, that? that sounded real problematic. Oh, was it? Oh, no. I was, I was going for Gungan. I was going for Gungan. That's... Hey, 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 hey. That's their word. You can't <laughs> use that word. And then you paint him gold, and then you just do lots and lots of takes, and he passes out, and then he dies. And, and then like when he passes out, then, you, then you're done. And you're like, oh, I didn't realise. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I mean, you would sh- have to deprive him the ability to just breathe. Uh, like, you've also uh, got to cut off his... Yeah. Oh, James, it, it's... Choke him out. That's a, that's a, that's a fetish. Um... <laughs> yeah. James uh, is a bit. James Bond is a weird. Bit that's an odd. That's James an Bond's odd James bit, Bond film. That gets, have you seen? The, he's a bit rapey. He is a. Let's just go there. Yeah, he's but it's, it's, even. It's, it's it's fun eighties no, date rapey. Is, not no, like no, hold the hold the no. gold covered amphibian underwater until it 
passes out while Bond orgasms whilst a belt is around his neck. We are not breaking up into date rapey and real rapey in this podcast. I I didn't say real rapey. Uh, Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, I did call it fun. Yes, you you did. Probably not... uh, not, oh, of, no. not of the time period. No. No. Oh boy. Hey, oh, how do we dig that? Okay. This is a fun this is a fun episode about Gungans and now we're back to back to the murder. <laughs> okay. If you keep a frog out of water, its skin dries out. Mm. The gas exchange can no longer occur across its skin and it can't take in moisture. Uh, but you have to be really careful. Jar Jar went to Tatooine and didn't seem to have too much trouble in that dry in- environment. And he doesn't even need water. Strawberry poison dart frogs from Central America lay their eggs on dry land. They keep them moist by urinating on them. How do you keep Jar Jar dry when people have been pissing on him since 1999? <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Internet. You've been keeping him alive all this time. There are... Fault. It's heaps of frogs that survive for years in desert conditions. Now, you might be thinking, cold-blooded. How can we deny him heat? No dice. Mm. A frog will go into torpor and hibernate in the cold. Mm. Some frogs even create antifreeze in their blood, allowing them to survive being frozen solid. What about poison? Could we poison Jar Jar Binks? Well, he can probably poison us. Okay. Many right. amphibians create their own toxins. They can yes. ooze it out of their skin. Some can even squirt it out of their eyes. I wonder if if he had like a non Gungan sex partner, like he would accidentally kill them, or maybe they get high. Maybe he's, you lick his skin and you end up like high as a kite. Yeah. So you, you reckon Jar Jar's out there like trolling for people for junkies? Yeah. Basically, they, they're like, I'm, I'm, I don't do the voice. I won't do the voice again. But yeah, basically, he just he just hits people up and they're like. You know, give me some muck and you can lick my back. Everyone wins. It's fine. Look, wow. they're doing a show. They're doing a show, a movie, a TV show, or a movie called The Mandalorian, which is going to be like a cool bounty hunter style. And maybe you could have like a sexy Star Wars in, in, in yeah. like 1970s with Jar Jar Binks being like, a, oh, black exploitation with Jar Jar Binks. Oh, and, perfect. Oh, it's, oh man, in the in the mean streets of 1970s New York, one dude knows how to get what he wants. Yeah. Mr. Gonna do the crime if he can't do the time. She's she's not marriage material. She's just a bink licker. Okay, some frogs eat poisonous insects and use those poisons to add to their own toxins. Uh-huh. So poison, out of the question as well. But, and here's the trick, Greg. Hang on. Is yeah? it breaking Bofu? Nice toads. Damn it. Oh, I thought I had something clever there. No, no. I'm sorry. So for drugs, drug-making frogs, breaking both Toads food. are frogs. Oh, genius! I'm glad I explained it. Yes. All toads are frogs, not all frogs are toads. Toads are frogs, not all frogs. Yes, okay, got it. Okay. So, go on with Killing Jar Jar. We're, we're ready. So, I am very excited by the exploitation Jar Jar film. Yeah, yeah. Or George Lucas immediately, or Disney. Because of the gas exchange through their skin, frogs mm. can be damaged by pollution in the air. And because of their ectothermic blood, they're also at risk of overheating. If we could somehow fill the sky with acid rain and carbon monoxide that clings to them and interferes with with their ability to breathe, while at the Mm. same time gently increasing the average temperature of all Gungan habitats, we might be able to kill Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) So are you implying that 
the Earth's climate change, which is happening right now, is just to get rid of Jar Jar Binks. I am implying that. Mm, 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 good. Excellent. Now, the other thing, and this is probably fairly important, is that uh, when I was researching this and reading all about Jar Jar, kept referring to him in the past tense. I'm like, what is he right. referring to him in the past tense? It's like, oh, a long time ago. Mm. He well, died well, a long time ago, well, Greg. I don't know how long they live for. Maybe he went into torpor and he's just in the mud somewhere. I'm going to start burning coal. (laughs) Welcome to the Walk of Shame. In this segment, we have already made the mistakes and you track them down for us and illuminate them. Mm, mm. You put put us under the harsh spotlight of your brilliance. I have a Walk of Shame for you, Gregoire. Do you? Do you really? Well, Michael Barnes has one for you. Oh, that's going to be a good one then. Oh, no. Uh Uh-oh. At one hour, 15 minutes and 26 <laughs> seconds, Greg says, hey, look, we, we chuckle, but it's so useful to me mm. where I can go back and go, yeah, he did say that. He's an idiot. Or <laughs> uh, he's, he's clutching at straws there. Yes. Of course, I didn't do that in this case because I trust Michael. At one hour, 15 minutes and 26 seconds, Greg says, if you put a saltwater fish in freshwater, osmosis mm. means that it's salty insides. The salt comes out of oh. your cells. Oh, That's yeah, yeah. not yeah. how it works. It's if I, Yes, it's salty fish into salty water. I get it around the wrong way, didn't I? The freshwater part gets attracted to the salty part. Uh-huh. So freshwater molecules pass through the membrane of the freshwater fish into the salt water. The nice. fish still has the right amount of salt. It's just really thirsty. Ah, the problem being that this fish huh. is used to not needing to drink because it's usually saltier than its surroundings. Usually it absorbs plenty of lovely fresh water and its nature is to pee like a fire hose all the time. <laughs> so it's not drinking, it's losing moisture, <laughs> and it's peeing out what little water it has. It dehydrates pretty darn quickly. The sea is 3.5% salt, usually a freshwater fish is in trouble if the salt content is 0.05% salt. Ouch. Okay. Now, stick a saltwater fish into fresh water. It's Mm. used to drinking all the time to make up the water it loses through osmosis, but it's also taking on water through osmosis. It's drinking too much water and hardly peeing it out at all. A huge amount of fresh water is now in its body, passes into its cells, the density of the electrolytes gets too low... And the mm. fish is basically poisoned. Mm, okay. Oh, interesting. That's what I thought was happening in reverse. That's that's the mistake. I can see the mistake I made now. Okay, interesting. Mm. Oh, thank you, Michael. That's not that's... the walk, though. That's not... Oh, okay. No. Michael oh. continues. Ooh. Greg is correct that the fish will die. His Excellent. earlier claim in the podcast is, I'm terrible at biology. But he got the biological outcome correct, but the underlying chemistry wrong. <laughs> so your walk of shame appears to be that you said you were bad at biology, when actually you're worse at chemistry. <laughs> Fair enough. And I will counter that, Michael, by saying biology is just applied chemistry, just like chemistry is physics that's a bit muddy. Like everything's physics and then it goes, you know. Yeah, physics is just sort of a real grimy and f***ed up maths though, right? Maths is the language of physics. That's not that's not how. We, look, XKCD or can go to hell. It's just rubbish. Rubbish. Oh, it can go to hell. Now that you've it's stolen poison. all their jokes it's, from them. It's poison. It's that's older than XKCD. Thank you very much. Poison the waters by saying that maths. Oh, goodness me. 
<laughs> it's like saying that Shakespeare is more advanced than Rick and Morty, and but then but then the English language is more advanced than William Shakespeare. And like, no, no, they both use the English language. One is the language. You can't that they do both Shakespeare use. without the English language, Greg. That's right, and you can't do Rick and Morty without the English language. Why can you? I don't know. I'm sure they've got a. I'm sure they've got that episode slated for sometime in the next twelve years. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Michael. I accept the walk of shame. I have one for you, Dan. Oh, good. Good luck to you. Good luck good. to you. <laughs> Al got in contact and said at ten, about ten thirty. So obviously at night when he was listening. No, no, ten minutes and thirty seconds. Dan asserted that there were multiple strains of things which became different types of fish. Not all from a common ancestor. Uh oh. He is incredibly wrong. Oh wow. So the common ancestor of all jawed vertebrates on Earth resembled a shark, and all fish and basically anything with a jaw is related to that one thing. So you and I and f- jawed fish are all related to that one common ancestor. Oh wow. All fish come from the same common ancestor. But what Sorry, about Dan. the weird ones like the like the, a jellyfish. No, the weird, the weird. Fi- oh, okay, I guess. Like a a, a rasp, like a lamprey. That's the a, one. Lamprey. Oh, well, there what you about go. A lamprey. Did is, that... is that a fish though? It's an eel. Fine, I'll walk it. All right. <laughs> Al has also sent a message to me. <laughs> Damn it, Al! I thought you were on my side, Al. And five it. minutes and twenty-four seconds. Greg says dinosaurs never saw grass. This is wrong. A study by the name of Dinosaurs Dined on Grass suggests that within coprolites, fossilised poops, the structures of a large grass family called Poaceae can be found as far back as the Cretaceous. Did I say they didn't see grass? Interesting. Okay. That does sound wrong because I think they they came before grass. Look, that's probably where I would... Yes. Cool. All right. All right. There is a link to the study in the show notes... So you can go through that. I yes, I must admit, I thought that they they were they're pre grass, but they weren't. They were around. I, if I said they didn't see grass, then I'm absolutely wrong. Yes, there is a proto grass in the in the history of Australia called Isoetes bestioni, which oh. was discovered and named after my father. Where did he go? He was oh. a paleo paleobotanist who uh, uh, taught the guy who found it. Nice. So it's named after you have a named grass. Excellent. Yeah. And you smoke it? Not anymore. <laughs> it's rock. You grind it up and you inject it. Oh, fair enough. Wow. Oh. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. If you hear us make any mistakes, please do send them into him. So if you hear Greg make a mistake, send an email to dan at smartenough.org. And if you hear Dan make a mistake, send it to greg at smartenough.org. Break your hearts by sending both of us different things oh keep us honest at all times you have been listening to dan at smartenough.org also greg at smartenough.org you can click on any of our buttons at the website at smartenough.org click my buttons also you can chat about the episode you just listened to in the comments of click the buttons the episode there Click my buttons. You can subscribe and follow us on on, on the RSS feeds and stuff. Buttons. You can give us reviews on iTunes because, I mean, I don't think that's going to be of any value. I think they're killing iTunes, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yes, I don't know true. what's going to happen, guys. Like, well, well, there'll, be, there'll be a podcast. We'll start pestering them to put them on the new podcast app. 
God. Yes. Sure, it's, sure it's going to be even worse than the current one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this whole, the whole internet's just messed up by like half a dozen companies have just made a mess of everything. Okay. Oh. Right. So I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. Okay. If you want to support us, please tell your friends about it. Uh, yeah. You can also buy T-shirts. Oh, yeah, yeah, the T-shirts. We have two cool T-shirts. Two, two, three, two, a number. Check me. Find out how wrong I am by finding out, for going to the website and seeing which other. I, I think they're all cool. They're all, I like wearing them still to this day. There you go. And if I see you in the streets wearing them, I will run up and high-five you. You may not know who I am, but I will. you'll hear me going, hmm. and then slap you. Hopefully you have your hand up. If you want to support us with the money, with the folding stuff. Money? And you can fold coins. You just need to heat them up. Or have incredible grip strength. You can drop some money into our PayPal account. Or you can do do the Patreon thing. The Patreon thing. Patreon, get it. Patreon, look. But make sure that you've, like, paid your bills first and that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And given Patreon money to better podcasts. The, of which there are none, really. Of which there are none. I gotta say, that podcast are terrible. I love listening to this podcast. I, I, I listen and I go, oh, I, I know what joke I, they, they should make now. And then I make the joke and I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, that joke's like it's especially for me. Brilliant. Okay, so lowest tier, you just give us two bucks. Second lowest tier, we thank you, which I'm going to do now. So really? thank you very much to Michael Barnes. From the walk of shame as well. Mikey, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike. Avi Greenbury. Andrew Whitehurst. Whitehurst. Lindsay. Oh, I hate it when you do that. Because the thing is, I just edit out your side anyway. Oh. But I don't have to edit out all the gaps as well as I'm getting. So you can hear me getting discombobulated oh. and trying to concentrate. I'm sorry, start again. Because you sorry. can't hear anything. Uh-huh. It's just you're, you're bellowing. I'm just trying to get through this as fast as possible. Here's your stupid idea to read out everyone's name. So many people are giving us money. It's madness. Okay, those people are Michael Barnes, Avi Greenbury, Andrew Whitehurst, Lindsay Jenkinson, Morden O'Hare. Now, Morden O'Hare. Remember last episode? Yes. I said that he was a leprechaun? Yes. Okay, he got back to me and he said, you you don't have to say my name. You're like, Thick and embarrassingly bad Irish accent. Extremely racist Irish accent. Mostly because he hasn't had Irish ancestry in his bloodline for like six generations. (laughs) He's an Australian bloke. Ah. He's like six and a half foot tall. Right. Like he's massive. He's like two meters tall. So more no hair. Elizabeth Youngkin. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth, Andrew Potts, Ilana Mitchell, Steve Eichenhout, Evil One, Andrew Trousdale. I wonder if we'll ever find Evil One's real name. Mm. Mm. Matthew Toy, Matt Ewers, Gary Heather, and Phil Holland. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. Thank you. Now, last episode, I said that I would consider it a personal success to offend someone off the top tier with my incredible insult skills. Last episode, I basically called all of our most devoted listeners kitty fiddlers. Yes, yes, you did. You, yes, it was actually, I did listeners, I I honestly had no idea it was coming. And I, Dan started and I was like, oh, oh no. 
No, and it happened. Yeah. Mm. So the upshot of this is that this week we have another listener who wants to be abused. <laughs> there are more of them now. Oh, A listener called Mikkel Keita listened and thought, you know what I don't get enough of? Slander. <laughs> I just don't get accused of child molestation enough. Here's 15 bucks. <laughs> you don't, listeners, you don't have to select the awful tier to give us 15 no, bucks. If you you looks, just pick a lower tier and, and give the just, same amount and not be right. abused. That's right. Exactly right. You don't have to be. You don't have to be abused, everyone. You don't. I, 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 I Look, thank you. But also, mm. what is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Eric Wilson and Al Batson. Mm. I'm looking at you. Okay, um, Michael Keeter is a member of Mensa. Mensa, if you, if, for listeners who don't know, Mensa is a social club for people who aren't even cool enough to be improvisers. <laughs> to be in Mensa, you need to have scored in the top 2% of the population on an IQ test. The original aims of Mensa, as they are today, are to create a society that is non-political and free from all racial or religious distinctions. Although, because of cultural divergence, it rather effectively keeps out the blacks and the Asians. So thank you very much to Mikkel for your $15 US and for keeping intellectualism white. What are we doing? Speaking of racial purity, Greg... Oh, no! Let's take a closer look at the other top-tier racists. Steve Stewart would have you believe that all human skeletons should be white. What's that, Steve? Inside every proud black man is a skinny white guy. You make me sick. Dustin Fallon. Dustin Fallon apparently has very strong feelings about the Austro-Hungarian Empire and would have you believe that Czechoslovakia should never have left it. <laughs> That's not actually true. And it's also just... also the Czech Republic. It's, it's not in Czechoslovakia anymore. All right, all right. Yeah, don't, I don't care. Okay. <laughs> okay. And like, I mean, the thing is, it, it's not actually true about what I said about Dustin Fallon. It's oh, just yeah. that Mikkel, who is in Mensa, yeah. is from the Czech Republic. Oh, and if I can get some infighting going, oh. they may start trading insults that, oh, from each other, and I can just crib them and use them on the podcast. It's a good plan. Yeah. Okay, Scott Driscoll. Oh. Not a lot of hair on your head, Scott. I can see a lot of skin on your head. It's quite the skin head, mm-hmm. and all that that implies. <clears throat> and finally. Tom Seary, not racist at all. Mm. Really nice guy. So Top says, person. yeah. So says his fiance Anne Marie. So Aww. if anyone in Ireland can provide refuge for Anne Marie, so that she's able to tell the truth about him without risking assault, please do get in contact with <laughs> us. It's gonna be okay, Anne Marie. Help is coming. Just, just don't upset him. Oh, oh, that's just sad. The universe is a cruel place. Um, and our top tier patrons are just making it worse. If, with, if you are dealing with problems, then you know, get help and you know stuff. Wow, that was that was a really hell of a get help and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Hashtag get help and stuff. Look, it's as effective as are you okay? Rock, rock, rock. Yeah. Are you a frog? Rock. 
rock. <laughs> What's going on now? I don't know. We've derailed. That happens at this point. Oof. Uh, so thank you to our top tier patrons. God thank knows you why much. you... And thank you to everyone who gives us money, to be perfectly honest. It's very kind of you to give money. That money gets squirreled away and used to... Occasionally when Dan and I go, we need to buy new headsets or uh, we need to buy training or we need to buy equipment or whatever, then that's what it's useful, basically. So it doesn't get used every week or something like that. It's sort of saved up for the big purchases, like hiding from our enemies. Yeah. Yeah, we're not just blowing it all on bink lickers. <laughs> and as we always like to say... Oh, yeah! <laughs> How will that happen? Well, in six months' time, if your attitude hasn't changed, we'll move to the second level of six months, where we will then see if we fire you. Wait, so in 12 months' time, if my attitude's better, you're not going to fire me. That's right. Awesome. Catch you in 11 months. <laughs> That's right. It's like, after six months, I was like, how's my attitude? Oh, it's really improved. Excellent. Tick, tick, tick. I just have to pretend I'm a nice person for a month. That's all I have to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is you, though. A whole month? It took a lot of energy, but I managed to do it. No. Nah. Is it Azrael? As the cat. The yeah. cat Azrael. Right, yes, okay, yes. Yes. Not Gargamel. Gargamel. Yeah, yeah, that's a full grown that's Yeah, yeah, that's I'm talking weird. about childbirth. Yeah, uh, yeah. Did that go over your head? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or 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 are there people having babies that are as big as Gargamel? Well maybe Gargamel's quite small. Maybe smokes are really small. Anyway, this is an unproductive area of inquiry. Yeah, yeah. This uh, this is this bit's over. Okay. This bit's going this is bit's getting edited out. <laughs> like there was a hard stop on this. <laughs> and it has been shown that out of the three hundred and twenty three regime changes and, and uh um sorry, no, I stuffed it up. Let me say that again. The 323 campaigns to change the government, 53, 53% of the time – wait, sorry, no. Out of the 300 oh, – He's in a loop. Hang on, hang on, ladies and gentlemen. I just have to reset him. <laughs> it's quite a fun one to come up with because I, I, I had a note in my ideas for probably 12 months now, which mm. just said, fuck I don't know anything about amphibians! <laughs> exclamation point, exclamation point. And that's it. Can't read the, the Wikipedia page. And then I stumbled onto the, the Jar Jar Binks thing and I was like, oh, this writes itself. <laughs> and everyone hates Jar Jar. Poor Jar Jar. People actually, people really like him now. It's funny how things change. Well, As, all the kids who loved him, all the six-year-olds yeah. who grew up with him were like, no, he's great. Yeah, he, they're, all now, they're all now 30. So they're, they're, they're like, we're all, all like, oh, CP3O is wonderful. Yeah, yeah. CP3O is those movies are now considered fine, which they're wrong. Those movies are bloody awful. But, but then so uh, were the first ones. Yeah, they, they're not great. I must admit, but but they were they were not great because they were old movies doing the best they can with budgets and things. Now, but to to emulate that, and to, I've always feel they're misunderstanding. You do realize that the force was just the ability to lift the occasional thing and to do cool backflips. That's what the force was. It's not like Adabra Kadabra, magic missile. It's not, but nowadays for some Watch reason, we pull this Gungan out of a hat. Yeah, it's it's this weird idea now that if you're a force user, you have to be able to do bigger and crazier stuff to be able to. Like, I can now 
uh, teleport and I can run super fast and I can I can inhale gases and, exp- and like no the point is they're mystic warriors but their mystical powers aren't what make them great like they're they're philosopher monks who can mm. do who can shift reality just a little bit like they can go oh we need to unlock that door I will almost shit out a brick to do it but I can change reality a little bit and that's when you go oh my god you're magical but it doesn't mean if you go I just lasers and stop it but it's like that's what makes it kind of shit and you go no you just missed i feel you've missed the point mm. I, anyway that's just my take on it but yeah they still make billions of dollars and all terrible things do yeah. i realized the other day that star wars it's basically just a space opera like if you call it yeah. sci-fi you're <laughs> lying through your teeth and then i went wait a second there is one sci-fi element to star wars like proper hard sci-fi and that's midichlorians <laughs> Like, it's like, wait a second, what if what if you could have an organism that lived in your blood that allowed you to be telekinetic? That's a that's a sci-fi conceit. That's yeah. proper sci-fi. I guess so. I want them to get away from the Skywalkers. I want them to I don't I'm not against the Skywalkers, but it's just been like, by the way, there was Anakin Skywalker. By the way, there's Luke Skywalker. By the way, there's still Luke Skywalker. And you're like, I don't I don't care. Like it's you, you've made your universe so small. It's kind of like we have to have all the same characters back. You're like, can you just make a new story? And of course, all but the characters- there is no, there is. The, I mean, Star Wars is the Skywalkers. There's well, yes. no, there's yeah. nothing outside of those stories. This little punch of rebels against this giant galactic empire. There are no story. There's no universe for more stories to happen in. Yeah, the universe yeah. is created just to serve those dumb stories. It's not That's like right. Star Trek, yeah. where these things sort of take on a life of their own. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the about the Jewish alien or the Chinese aliens or yeah. the. That's that's what's happened. That's the problem that's happened. That's why everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people like Poe and Finn and the lady who likes Finn. <laughs> There's Ray, the new one, the one that everyone hated and yelled at. Cause I can't remember her name. I can't. The one who was dumb and went fell in love and then crashed into his the his very ship. memorable character something or other. Yeah, and 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 you kind of go, we just don't care about them because they're not interesting. They're just yeah. And sometimes <laughs> we actively want them all to die. Well, yeah, and so I'm hoping that they'll finish up this one and then I'll go, and then they'll stop, but they won't because they they bought it for two billion dollars. It's going to go on forever. I have no time for Star Wars. I find it so boring. I find it so. I, I watched the last one, the um, last Jedi. Solo? I, oh god, I, I think I saw that too. The last main one, anyway, and went. Oh, this is boring. Super boring. It's just a boring movie. That there was like one bit that I actually liked for visual effect when Luke Skywalker, uh, Kylo Ren's like, "Fire all the guns at my uncle. Kill him with all the guns." And they're like, it's one man. Like, fire all the guns, and, and all the the big the big Walker things. Fire all the guns, and then it, and once it's all done, he just Luke kind of brushes <laughs> off. And I went, oh, that's a great bit of that's a lovely bit of of visualization of him just going, oh, that was your best shot. And because he was a hologram, it was it was clever. And I went, oh, that's kind of clever. Like he's he's not there, invulnerable to bullets. He's a hologram or whatever, a force projection or whatever they call it. Hmm. I went, that's cool. Everything else was boring as batshit, and. It was just, like watching. It was. It was like they. Oh. they it, it's like they watched the um the OJ Simpson car, car chase. and went that we're going to make a movie about that. Yeah, it's like Ray goes. That's because it was someone else's. It was they. They did the first one, and that was like a. That was like a. Okay, ready. Remember Star Wars? We're back. You're like, okay, all right. Second one was Ryan Johnson saying, "I hate everything about it. I'm going to change it all," which is cool. He can do that. That's fine. I'm not against it. But it was a lot of just 
moving pieces around a board and getting them like spending so much time ragging, make me a Jedi. No. And then the most interesting thing about that was Kylo Ren saying, join me not to yeah. be evil, but let's make something new. And I went, please say yes. Please, please say, say yes. yes. But, Can you imagine if, that? Yeah. But suddenly make, raise not, the bad guy. Well, not even a bad look that. Okay, fine. But not, I don't want that particularly, but imagine if he's like, I'm not an evil person. We've been connecting. You know, we've been emotionally connecting. Join me and we'll make something better because you're a better person than I am. And she goes, I can do more on the inside. So she's kind of light gray to his dark gray. Yeah. And they try – and then the next movie about them muddling it out and, and, and then realizing they can't work together and there's conflict and the first order's ripped apart. Or And I was like, cool. But they didn't. She's like, no. And I was like, oh. Or she could be turned completely – yeah, and the rebels would have to uh, yeah. would come in and try to turn her back, and she's irredeemable. But yeah. they managed to redeem Kylo Ren, and then he kills her. I think that's what's going to happen in the next movie. By the way, I think Kylo Ren will be the good guy by the end of it. I really do. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I just just Ray is so dull. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. such a nothing character. But then again, so is Luke. She's just a female Luke. Luke's a very dull character. Yeah, as well. I suppose. Good, good point. Good point. Luke and is just a, a dull farm boy. He's great, and they never give him anything to do. No, he just fell in love with the girl for no reason. No and reason. He's a storm. He's a stormtrooper that left. What That's... an incredible story yes, that could have yes. been. I started watching the first ten minutes of that first film. I was like, "Oh yes. shit, I am a hundred percent on board." And then yes. a third of the way through, Han Solo and Chewbacca turned up, and I'm like. What movie am I watching now? Yeah, Why yeah, did the yeah, good yeah. movie stop and this fucking fan service turned up and then yeah. finally he dies? And I'm like, oh, thank Christ for that. And then it's like, why is Finn unconscious now? Yeah. Is it he the hero of this film? No. I don't know. Everyone loves Poe. I mean, Poe's like a cool guy and all the. Yeah, they just don't seem to. They love Poe? People like Poe. He sucks. They kind, of, they kind of implied that Poe is. I don't know where he is from, but Poe is like a gay. Han Solo, I think that's that's what they're trying to say. He's he's homosexual, and that's like his cool thing now. I'm like, then kind of like um, J.K. Rowling. They better make sure they say it and don't just go after the fact. By the way, he's gay. Like, no, no, you can go to hell. If the Dumbledore was gay. We didn't know about that until after she finished writing the books. Put it in the books. Like, put him in the movie. If he's gay, then and you want him to be a gay icon, and that's cool. But yeah, I just think they're just boring movies. Make him a bit more watchable. Just make he, it... just, he always felt like a, such a secondary character. He, he yeah. felt like a, he felt like a um, who was the guy who ran uh, Cloud City? Lando, Lando Calrissian. He, he, yeah. he felt like a bit of a Lando character, yeah. and I'm like, and... he can't carry a story. He can't carry some sort of emotional weight. Yeah, in the first one they kill Han, and the second one they kill Luke, and Leia's died in between, so she'll be in CGI mode, but as in the, the actor died, and. Now they're bringing Lando in. I'm like, stop it. Just stop it. Please stop it. Please Learn stop bring- the lesson of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Don't bring these back. I mean, they're great and we love them, blah, blah, blah. But it'd be like, imagine if General Grievous turned up now. Like, whoa, it was me all along. General Grievous from the prequels. You're like, no one cares. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where they, yeah, well, I'm Lando Carissian. No one cares. Like, it's like... Yeah, you were cool, and then in Solo, you're played by you're played by Kid Rock. No, not Kid Rock, um, Childish Gambino, <laughs> and no one cares. Like no one cares. Kid Rock. Yeah, that was. I, I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> children. Kid Rock's a white, a terrible white rock. Yes. Uh, you know, yeah. Just I don't know if I said this before to you, but Star Wars. I realize Star Wars is like to me now. It's 
it's like, oh, I've grown apart in a relationship and you're breaking up with someone, not because you hate them, but because your life have gone on two separate trajectories and you're like, I'll always respect the time we had together. But, yeah. but, and I, I wish you well. I want you to make a billion dollars and I want everyone to love you, but I need to go do my own thing. That's what Star Wars, it was like, Star Wars, like, I don't care. I just, I don't care. But you uh, love Star Wars. Oh, yeah. that was a long time ago. But yeah, and I'm a different man. Yeah, in a galaxy and, far, <laughs> far away. <laughs> of course. It's just, and people are like, Mandalorian. I'm like, don't care. Because what was the other one that everyone loved? Rogue oh, Trader. Rogue Trooper. Rogue Trader. Tra- <laughs> yes. <laughs> what it was. Rogue oh, One. Dear. And at Rogue One, I was like, oh, yep. Yeah. And then I went. Working Rancor oh, with Melanie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went, oh, the movie in my head was a thousand times better than this terrible rubbish. Like, it was so bad. And I went, oh, and I was like, it's so amazing. And you're like, it really wasn't. It just wasn't shit but it wasn't good like it's not a good movie uh it's not a good movie it's it's it, there's nothing it it has a it has the exciting moment where people climb up a computer pro a computer database to get a file because it had to have a climby bit in it oh, it's so dull it's, it's so, so dull, dull. And the, the, end, the have... only thing i enjoyed in that it was it's so dark they're like oh it's gonna be dark and yeah. gritty it's like yeah. well you've taken out the only good thing of star wars which is like rare moments of levity and they started, they had, the Alan Tudyk yeah. robot was actually cool, and I was yeah. a bit sad when he died. I yeah. didn't care. I wanted the rest of them to die. I didn't, and they and they died for dumb reasons and on a beach for like just stupidly acting those, dumb. Those movies are just design. They're yeah, just, we got some great artists, some great yeah. computer people. If you want to come and watch some real brilliant moving wallpapers, you're yeah. gonna love this. It's gonna be super yeah. loud too. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. So in my head, the movies were bad, and I watched it. And went, I don't. I, I'll never watch it again. I don't care, and yeah. I never have. I don't. Uh, Mandalorian will probably exactly the same. Solo was the same. Solo, I went. I can see a good movie in this. I can. I can see it under there somewhere. It's a bloated and a, a train heist movie. That's what it should be. It, it's the heist of getting going on the train. That's a. It's 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 um. Firefly. That's they should have kept ah. to that. A train heist movie. That's what the first Flyfire episode was all about. Amazing, the pilot episode. Then they went away from that, and and you got like Darth Maul and some other shit going on. And we're like, no one cares. Like, well, no people do. And so you just bloat this bullshit. How did Chewie and Han meet? How did Han get his name? Like, no one cares. Like, stop, stop finding the answers because it's okay not to know. His name is literally Han. He was born Handel were... Solo. <laughs> Handel Solomon. Solomon. <laughs> it's just like not everything has to be explained. It doesn't make it more interesting. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't make it more interesting. Yeah. Case in point, the Silmarillion. All right. Walk of shame. Sure. sure yes. We've got. We've got more podcasts to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have not finished by a long shot. Verb down. I thought it was going to be a. a the programming language they used when they went to the moon that used verb noun it was like a, the way they programmed it that's anyway. that's what all the text adventures of the time used as well yeah really what, so getting to the moon was just a text adventure yes load yes, rocket yes well, well um, um, load activate, astronaut activate program like, like activate one two four seven or whatever it was so you know the landing 2012 and, and then they'd land it that's how the machine knew because it could only work by saying do this do that fire yeah. rocket at the moon i don't understand yeah. at the moon <laughs> take this rocket it's going to be dark where you are or something I can't understand. 
<laughs> you are in space. It is dark. Space crews like the dark. <laughs> I heard um, a lovely story about our podcast. My niece, she decided to listen to our podcast. She's like oh, six. Right. Oh, no. And she decided to listen to our podcast. And she couldn't understand a word of it because it's all English. <laughs> but she just liked hearing my voice. Aww. So she was very pleased about that. Yes. And I said, oh, so we, and so, what was she listening to? And she said, and she said, oh, I was listening to the one all about the chocolate. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not in that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oops. Listening to your voice. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. You've taken my niece. <laughs>